The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode will feature a discussion of the 2003 film Second Hand Lions. Joining me today is the creator, artist, and writer of the online comic Everpresent, Molly Farnsley. Hello. Hello, Molly. I'm happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm glad you asked me. Yeah. So like Prez Maxson last month on the show, you and I met at, well, I guess... Mm-hmm. In terms of this show, because I've talked about it a couple times, the fabled PopCon of Fort Wayne, and you actually, you close out the podcast stage that yes. weekend, but you were the first person I asked to be a part of it. Yes. At the time. <laughs> I remember that, and I've, I've thought of it over the years, so I'm glad you've asked. <laughs> that one, yeah, I've told Prez and whatnot that that one, that PopCon, what had me there and stuff was kind of the genesis for this show, because I wanted- oh, was it? I That's really great. had a good time meeting you and Prez and a couple other people and stuff I had. That's great. But I didn't have a show at the time where I could really have that content be a part of it. And of that sort of started me fueling into wanting to do something different and more like this. So you were very much a part of that as well. Cool. And I got something to show you here. So ever okay. since, ever since that, my bookmark for reading has been no way that oh my gosh look are how, you serious look how eaten up and oh, worn that makes me so out happy though this has you been got, my bookmark for oh like oh my gosh <laughs> will it be like two years two yeah, years just yeah. about yeah this oh thing has goodness. been through the ringer like look, it looks like i ate it at one point <laughs> those edges are worn i've never seen a oh my gosh yeah. you have the og one too because the link right. has been updated, so that link no longer works. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You have so, a little piece of history right there. <laughs> it has gotten around in terms of books. Wow. I'll tell you what. I don't know. I think I had it in my laptop bag or something. Amazing. I was like, boom. But I like. I really like the character. Thank here. you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I've kept it. I've Thank you. I've bookmarks, so I thought <laughs> I'd show you that. So, that is so cool. Yes. So, yeah, your, your comic is ever-present. Yes. And before before we get into that, mm-hmm. you have also changed my perspective and way of interviewing because you blew my mind when I, when I talked to you about Ever Present when I was like figuring, oh, she, she's probably been an artist for so long and this oh, yeah. is one of her big projects and stuff. And you're like, no, two years ago, started drawing <laughs> and stuff. And so now I never assume oh, my like, if someone just released like an album of like, you know, mm-hmm. a double album music. Here it is. I'm like, so did you start doing that last year or have you always been playing a song? No, so yeah. <laughs> no, I, I never thought I was going to be an artist because my other high school friends, you know, high school is that kind of mm-hmm. area when you start to figure out what you want to do, maybe what interests. I had other friends who were way better artists. So I thought, no, 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 they're the artsy ones. I'll stick with writing. And no, I just, you know, 
thought, you know what, this would be a really fun medium to tell a story in a webcomic. So I thought, I'm going to teach myself to draw. And so when people say like, oh, I love your art, I can never do that. I get so upset when they say that because I just have to tell them, yes, you can. It just takes practice. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. I bet you could. I bet you could. So yeah. it just takes practice and time and practice and more practice. <laughs> right, right. And you can tell from your comic that you grow as an artist as, oh, absolutely. as it goes along too. You I get... feel that's pretty common with most web comics as right. well. When you start out, you can see the progression of their art style, which is a blessing and a curse because blessing that their art's getting good, but a curse because you want it to all look the same at the same time. I honestly cannot read my old books. Like I'll try to flip through <laughs> the copies of my old web comic. And I'm telling mm -hmm. you what, I'm dying inside because I'm like, oh, that foot, that foot is so bad. Or, oh, look at the color I chose here. I don't like that at all. But you know what? I'm still proud of it because... I worked on it really hard, and I certainly wouldn't be where I am now if I didn't put the time to make them originally the way they are. Those feet took steps to a larger one. There world. we go. <laughs> Everpresent. How did it come across? Like, how is this the story you were going to tell? Or it's how did funny the you ask that because this is one of my few stories that has actually been based on a dream I had, which I know sounds like really like mysterious and stuff, but it's really not. Several years ago, back in, I want to say, like 2014, give or mm -hmm. take, maybe 15, I had a dream that basically was the introduction to the comic. So if you've read the comic, it starts out with this young woman running away in a castle from this mysterious smoke that's talking to her. You don't know why she's running away. You don't know what the smoke is. You don't know what's happening. And that's exactly what the dream was. I dreamt that this woman with short, dark hair was running away in a high school, actually, specifically. Mm -hmm. She was like sneaking around lockers and stuff. So that didn't translate. But she <laughs> was running away from something. She couldn't run very fast. And I knew in the dream, you know, like you have that backstory in the back of your head, mm -hmm. that feeling that's already set up. I knew she was trying to get away because like she would lose everything if she got caught and she'd worked really hard to get where she was. And I remember waking up and going, well, that's an interesting idea. Let's explore that. <laughs> and to be fair, that's where a lot of stories come from. Either a scene will come to mind or a character that I really want to flesh out and think, huh, let's get to know you better. Let's get mm -hmm. to know this world better. And let's see what happens. So to be honest, writing is not so much, I've come up with every single individual thing and, and character and detail. No, no. Sometimes writers just have to discover what that world is too. So if a reader says, oh, I was so surprised when you said that, that's amazing. I'll say, yeah, so was I when I got there too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a fun, it's such a fun medium to explore just writing in general. Imagination mm -hmm. is, I think one of the best gifts humans can have, you know, a fun yeah. good animation and imagination because you can just discover so much in your own head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Flesh it out. See it through. It's great. Your imagination. Are there any outside sources that inspire characters, oh, yes. things like what what kind of like life, movies, books, music? Absolutely. Like what what so, particular ones drive Everpresent? Yeah. Everpresent is kind of a huge amalgamation of a lot of Grimm's fairy tales. So there's some Rapunzel and Snow White and Cinderella themes going on, but there's also dragons. So <laughs> that comes <laughs> in too. And I read a ton of book series that had dragons in them growing up, like Dragons in Our Midst by Brian Davis. 
There was one called The Dragon Keeper Chronicles by Danita K. Paul. I recommend both of those. So dragons have always been part of my psyche, if you will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the specific layout or venue, shall we say, of web comics was inspired to me in late college. One of my roommates introduced me to a web comic called The Archipelago. Not many people know about it. It's like a 10 to 12 book web comic. And I started it and I really could not put it down. The characters were interesting. Uh, The world was fascinating. The villains were terrifying. And suddenly I was so sucked into this world and had faces to characters where I never really had that before when I was only reading, say, a novel Mm -hmm. or novella. That was the added element of art to it just pulled me in even more. And I had read comic books, you know, Spider-Man and Archie comics, but never anything that had a big, long, continuing story where I was like, man, are they going to stop evil Captain Snow and and get back all the souls of the air to stop the Raven? You know, like it was just so immersive. Mm -hmm. And I thought as I developed more and more of a love for web comics, I thought, I want to tell a story through web comics. I want a story in which a web comic is the best way to tell it as all possible. And I've been doing it for over four years now. Yeah. I mean, you've completed one whole book and you're yeah. in the, the middle of your second with... I just hit 50 pages, 51 technically, as of today. Wow. Uh, yes. <laughs> today, which your story had like a bombshell today. Well, well, we're recording on the 30th. This will release on the 7th. So it has happened last week, but you had a huge bombshell. (laughs) The 30th, page 51. Yes. Mm -hmm. One thing I really like about your writing in Ever Present is you tend to lull the reader into a sense of simplicity and then just (laughs) right at them. Thank you. I'm sneaky like that. There's like a comfort led into it. It's like, whoa, okay. Like, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's not like, you don't take turns just to shock and awe. It's oh. clearly there, but you just there's a sense of comfort you're able to build, and then just bleh, exactly right there. And uh, you, this new story has a lot of it. Thank you. Secrets. So. I wanted the very first book, Doppelganger. It's all if you know the premise of intrigue and a plot to kill the prince and a switching of the real character for an an assassin the audience knows exactly what's going on at all times yeah notice but in this second book called secrets the audience knows very little what's going on and i intentionally did it that way so that the main characters know more than the audience does instead of the other way around so that's been kind of fun but also difficult because mystery is one of those genres you have to tread carefully because yeah. you want to make it mysterious enough that your readers are like well i'm intrigued but not so mysterious and over the top they're like i don't get it what's going on yeah yeah so it's been a fun challenge i mean you got stuff that's not not so much like killing people or like well, the secret yeah. reveal there's natural reveals that are like oh it's like there's one i think like a little bit into this one it's like oh it's been this long yes oh, this has happened Yes. And I love reading some of your the commenter people like losing their shit. Oh my gosh, that's, that's the best fun. part. I really, really look forward to Mondays just to see the comments, mm-hmm. reactions. If I'm having a bad day, I just reread through my comic and see what people have to say. That's seriously. Yeah, you've got a very positive following. That's oh man. Good the to readers, have. yeah, and my friends who've supported me over the years, and my mom and my dad, especially, my family's really supportive on this. Mm-hmm. 
it's just so nice having that community to connect with. I've got a Discord server. And we chat about ever present occasionally, but we mostly post memes and, and songs too there. <laughs> so every 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 one of those turns into that. Every, it really does. Every though. chat group, every something. We used to say words. We used to talk about things. Now it's like, <laughs> ha ha. Back to hieroglyphics, basically. <laughs> yes, yes, reverse. So, <laughs> you release, is it every Monday or every Monday you can? Oh, it's or absolutely it's every, Monday. every Monday. I Yes, I go out of my way to make sure there's a new page every Monday. If there's mm-hmm. not, it's because there's a holiday. Christmas, Halloween, and 4th of July, I think, are my solid, I need a break this week. And I don't have a buffer right now, I have to admit. I started the comic with a lot of buffer pages. and now I was going to ask you about that, yeah. So It was recommended to me by another comic artist, start with at least five. Mm -hmm. And she said, if I could have, I would have started with ten. So I started with ten buffer pages. Do you know how hard it is to sit on ten pages? Oh, I bet. Not to mention, she also recommended to start with several pages at once. Don't just release one page and then mm-hmm. have everybody wonder like what's going on. So I wrote five pages and then I wrote 10 more pages. So I had 15 pages I was sitting on and eventually I was able to start. But yeah, that buffer kind of dwindled away over time. And that now happens. life happens. Fun. And yeah, I think anyone who does an ongoing series of any kind, whether it's story, music, podcast, you can understand the struggle. <laughs> yeah. Now you have like a week to get it done if you don't have a buffer. But how long would it take you if you were in a comfort zone and had 10? How long would you take at your own comfort to finish one? To finish a page? A page, yeah. Generally, you know, a a page a week. It can take anywhere from 8 to 12, maybe 14 hours, depending if Mm -hmm. I'm doing a new scene new characters, new color palette. How many panels are there? Are there any like positions I haven't drawn before, like character positions? Luckily, the newest page was really simple. And I, like I said, I was with family over the over the weekend and mm-hmm. I felt guilty that I had to pull away from family activities mm-hmm. to take care of it. But luckily, it didn't take much time at all. So that timing worked out exceedingly well. That's good. Story-wise, is that completed before you take to drawing it? Oh, absolutely. I've got... Wait, let me... I know this isn't going to... Oh, no, it'll be on the YouTube one. (laughs) It'll be fine. But on the podcast, they're going to be like, what's she talking about? Uh, They won't know. (laughs) Here are my notes. And I have... Oh, oh gosh. I have written so much. I've got, like, notes out the wazoo. And I've got... I've gotten characters... This is excellent. I love this. Know them better. And I've got, like, a short Oh, wow outline and I've got a long point outline and not to mention the best part is that I've written down in stick figure form the whole comic and so while the story is completed these are called thumbnails which by the way I post on my uh, Patreon for Mm -hmm. my as reward tiers Um, but yeah I've got the story thumbnailed all the way up to page 130 so but while the stories like I know it's exactly what's going to happen I have the panels all figured out who's going to be in what panel, who's going to be saying what for over, well, about 80 pages now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm feeling really comfortable with that. But uh, I also have book three over here, which I will get. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get there when I get there. (laughs) I I love full of character interviews and, you know, yeah outlines and what have you i love the madness portion like i i all heavens like because i like my wife one time i think when it was during this show found i have this little 
little thing I put like my keys and my wallet in in my oh, house yeah. and she was cleaning it out and she had this like this pile of post-it notes it was like <laughs> what is this I'm like yep. oh that's the plans for the podcast because <laughs> I would just write a little something and stick it in there oh absolutely and oh. she just had a pile of them she's like do you, you're making the podcast now do you still need these I'm like uh, I mean, no this is page two of my three page <laughs> look at this I have oh my gosh. on sticky notes like it's ridiculous. oh I love it I feel love your it. pain and and applaud you. <laughs> That's great. No, I love it. I yeah, I'll write wherever I can write on. If oh, I have yeah. an idea, I gotta write it. I, I, I literally to... have napkins around with notes and and, oh. and possible other lines on and things I need to draw. So yes, yes, exactly. Do you get the middle of the night ideas you just can't sleep on because you, you know what don't I do? want it to change at all? Yes. Sometimes I get up and write down the exact mm -hmm. line I heard or, oh, I have my phone is chock full of them. Phones are so helpful for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My the best notepad friend, app, the notes app. I never. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And my best friend bought me a waterproof pad, just mm -hmm. like drawing pad, writing pad to put in the bathroom. So in my shower, there's a little, technically my husband drew on it. It's a little picture of Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I used to, when I lived in Los Angeles and I, I had I slept with a notepad next to my bed because if I okay yeah. I could sleep and sometimes there'd be some nights where it'd be like hours of just doing that and then I'm yes. like well at least it's not on my brain at least it's not going to change and especially at least it's not lost because how no, many, yeah how many things have I thought I'll remember in the morning no well no, like you if you're like shopping or something you're like oh my gosh oh my gosh. I know. And then someone oh, bugs so you and it's gone. And then you go back and you're like, I had this idea. What was it? Oh, no, I, I totally, totally yeah, get you. Mentally backtrack. And then you you don't end up in the spot you were and It's frustrating. I look through all my old work notebooks um, where I had take notes to learn how to new, do new like standard operating procedures and such. They're just covered with doodles and ideas mm -hmm. of characters and what have you. And I'm like, it looks like I'm not paying attention, but I swear I am. <laughs> I'm listening. I am. I really Multitask. Yeah. There you of go. Yeah. So with your stories, since you release them one by one by mm. one by one, have you ever gotten a point where you're mid story and you're like, I have a different idea for this? No, that's interesting. It? I would say not like huge structural change, but definitely changing lines here and there, especially since the lines and words and speech bubbles mm -hmm. cover a lot of art. So when you're like, no, I don't need this line here. Off you go. Or right. think, you know what? I have to, okay, here's a good example. If you know, if you saw the new page today, you know about Oliver Dessalaire, the mm -hmm. lieutenant who's with Selena right now. I've had to dumb down his line several times because my automatic writing style is to be a little more professional since I was in the business world doing a lot of writing and business emails. Mm -hmm. So I've had to realize you know what? He really is not as educated as, say, your average guy. He's smart, but he he grew up kind of poor. So his his language is going to be more contractions and like, don't know what you're talking about instead of I don't know what you're talking about. You know, an example like that. So that's been difficult. And I've had to really make sure that my tone is conversational when I need it to be. And side note, in the last writing job I had, my boss pointed out to me my writing style my conversational style mm -hmm. is pretty starchy. And I thought, you know, you're right. That's the way I talk too. <laughs> so I thought, what if I embrace that and write a story so that it's written like an old Jane Austen novel where it is kind of okay. starchy and poetic and so on and so forth. So I'm thinking of fooling around with that. 
Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, in regard to back to your question, in regard to big changes, there's only maybe one or two things that I thought, oh, this would be really cool to add and it wouldn't change too much. But no, no like major character additions or subtractions or anything like that. Is ever present as a story? Is it infinite or do you have a planned? There is a planned end. There is a planned conclusion. And I'm looking forward to getting to certain parts in the story that I've been sitting on for years. The worst part is that I don't get to tell anybody or bounce ideas off anybody. Does your husband at least get to hear them or? He does. There's two people. Okay. I run my ideas past. One is a writer and he's the comic guy. I wish you could see behind my laptop. There's a gigantic comic rack, just chock full of comics. And he got me into superheroes big time. So I owe him a lot. Yeah, we're hardcore nerds. Yes, there's two people I try to run everything by just to make sure there's another set of eyes looking at it because Mm -hmm. you think your baby's beautiful. And then someone comes along and they're like, no, your baby could be better. Here, let me help you. (laughs) That's the problem with any kind of art writing, whatever. You need another set of eyes to hone it. You know, you need somebody else to see the, the flaws that you maybe couldn't. And that's, that's hard to do. That's so hard to just open up your soul and say, please edit this. <laughs> so you really got to develop a, a, a thick yeah. skin and not take it personally when somebody wants to. Oh, no, no. Yeah. It's nice to hear from other things because there's, it's always nice as much as it sucks to have a no or a, you know, not let yourself like go too far mm-hmm. with things. Absolutely. But that's coming from a guy who has his own show now to <laughs> listen to anybody <laughs> uh, are there any spin-offs you've thought of with that word i mean you've got a, a world oh, that's yes. growing and growing growing oh, and it's goodness. a world yes. so there's characters you could do there's different eras there's... yes so in between books one and two i released a backstory for the main characters silas and selena mm-hmm. their story of how they fell in love because the comic takes place a year after they met and they're getting married mm-hmm. so that was one little spin-off shall we say it was like 150 gotcha. pages of backstory which was once again available on my patreon mm-hmm. between books two and three i'm gonna have another backstory for the character oliver where okay. he came from his life his story and i've i've been writing that for mm-hmm. several years now and i'm really excited to release that too it's one of my favorite pieces but in regard to other spinoffs i don't know if this counts but i love experiencing and thinking about the what ifs okay. i love coming up with alternate timelines alternate storylines and some of them get kind of dark, I guess. Or what's another word for it? Weird. <laughs> Weird like, what if good. this character didn't come in time to save other character? What if these two never met? What if this happened? So that's been kind of fun to play with. I don't think I'll let any of them be canon. If I, w- if I were to make them into the comic in some way, they would probably just be dreams or nightmares by certain characters and think, oh boy, okay. I'm glad it didn't happen that way. But yeah, the only other thing are just backstories for characters. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. As an artist and stuff, living in this wonderful year of 2020 with lockdown and all that stuff, has the COVID life like hampered or mm. hel- helped your production on Ever Present? Has it? Because I, I admit, I like it myself as a like, podcaster, at first yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do any more Zoom calls and oh, and That's, sitting at home. A lot, oh, absolutely. But. I am more of a homebody and an introvert, so in mm-hmm. that regard, I wasn't dying to go out and see people as much right. perhaps. I think the one thing, and this feels so petty, but like one of the, it's so simple. One of the things I really love to do is to go and sit in coffee shops, people watch and draw while I sit my right. very, very hibiscus from Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, that's to me is like the perfect 
going out and about kind of thing where I'm not interacting face to face with anyone. I'm just kind of in my own little world, but away from home. And obviously even recently they've closed down indoor seating again. And so that's been kind of a, Oh, well, and so that's really not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but you know, in times like these, you have to embrace the little things that make you happy right. or, or at least be aware of them. Because if you don't, I think, and I've learned this from personal experience in the past couple of years, if you don't pay attention to the little things that bring you joy and you don't realize that you're losing some of them, you'll suddenly wonder, why am I so sad? You know? So it's mm-hmm. really important to take care of yourself and know what brightens your day and see if you can do any of those if you can. Are there any projects you have aside from Everpresent that you want to get off the ground or you're working on oh at all? I've considered other web comics, one with mermaids in South Florida, one with a sci-fi in outer space, one that was even a modern retelling of an old Jane Austen, not her work, but that era, uh, but set it as like a high school drama. And they're interesting. Everpresent is definitely taking up most of my time and I want to ensure that that gets completed. So I'm not saying I wouldn't start another webcomic at the, at, the, at the time, but it's a possibility. I mean, the only other art projects I'm doing at the moment is I did Inktober for the first time, last yeah. month, which was really fun. Also, kind of liberating that I didn't have the undo button. Suddenly, I'm like, well, it is what it is. I can't make it any better. Yeah. <laughs> the undo button can be kind of uh, addicting. I'm trying more painting, <laughs> physical painting. Other than that, it's just been kind of me exploring little things here and there. Nothing is major. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Let me put it that way. Nothing is major as ever present. But side projects that make me happy, whether it's Inktober or mm-hmm. painting or baking even. Gotcha. Gotcha. This is and the year for baking. <laughs> do you, uh, you're going to make like an ever present character be like, it's cake. Whoosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a 3D model and you'll never know. There you go. Do you prefer the digital drawing over hand drawn or cuz I know you do no, both? I'm going to say digital in the end, yes. Mm-hmm. Which was a hard transition for me. However, I just love that you can manipulate. You're like, I got the nose too big. No problem. No problem. Or I made them too tall. I can just, you know, pull it down, free transform. And then having layers is fantastic. Oh, I don't like the background. Yep, I can change it and not have to worry about messing up the foreground. That kind of thing. And now that I'm so comfortable with it, of course, that's another reason. Mm-hmm. Jumping to ink for Inktober was tough because I wasn't as familiar with the medium, like what gotcha. I could and couldn't do. So I just had to pay attention to what other people were doing. And I asked questions like, what brand are you using? What do you recommend? Which, to be honest, that's how everybody learns. You just ask questions. Mm-hmm. Try to reach out to other people who are doing the same things and encourage each other. Just start a little community, that kind of thing. Art friends are the best, though. <laughs> and I do like one thing that's cool when I've seen you at the couple conventions we've yeah. been at together, your commissions where you're like, hey, dollar oh, this much, yeah. two dollars. That's really neat. Yeah, and those have been way more popular than I was expecting. At I went to Indie PopCon last year and those sold way more. In fact, I don't think I sold any prints or any comics at all. It was just commissions. Mm-hmm which was fun. They were just little tiny index cards and like, all right, for five minutes, give me something to draw and I'll draw it. One girl, she came up to me and lamenting that there was no fan art of a character who had a voice actress who was there in, Oh, it was a uh, Monica, Monica real, real. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. I know who yes. you're talking about. 
she's like, I would love for her to sign a, a, a drawing of this character. I said, I'd be willing to draw it. Just mm-hmm. give me, you know, five minutes. And for this commission, I'd be happy to. And she's like, oh, would you really? The neat part about that, though, she went and got it signed. And the girl came back and showed me. And eventually, I wanted to go meet Monica. I really yeah. love her, her work in My Hero Academia mm-hmm. as Sue, Sue Yuasui. So when I said, hi, like, you know, I love your work. And I drew a picture of, I think, I can't remember the character's name, but she went, oh, you drew that. Oh, yeah, I thought it was cute. And I was like, oh, please, uh, no, I'm blushing. <laughs> that was kind of a wonderful moment. <laughs> Walt is spending some time with his two uncles. Maybe we should have called first. And it's going to be a summer. Nice doggy. He'll never forget. Is it okay if I watch television? Ain't got one. No television? No TV. Michael Caine, Robert Duvall, and Haley Joel Osment. Who do you think you are? Just dumb kid. Don't kill him. Secondhand Lions, directed by Tim McCandless. You're going to have to start acting your age. Rated PG. Secondhand Lions is written and directed by Tim McCandless, who also wrote The Iron Giant, was a conceptual writer for Smallville, and one of my favorite little bits about him is he was an associate producer on the 1983 Fred Olin Ray film Scalps, which is this one where this Native American spirit possesses these people it's like a slasher movie it's really wacky goofy (laughs) like early 80s horror movie but it's like okay that's everybody's got an odd credit Mm -hmm. everybody i mean yes mine's got a couple of those but like (laughs) everybody's got it i think drew mcweeney who's a well-known movie critic he was the writer of fart the movie so that's a (laughs) that's everybody's got one everybody's got one Uh, it stars Haley Joel Osment, Michael Caine, Robert Duvall, Kira Sedwick, Josh Lucas, Eric Balfour, Christian Kane, and Emmanuel Vaguer. And it's a coming-of-age story about a shy young boy sent by his irresponsible mother to spend the summer with his wealthy, eccentric uncles in Texas. So when I have a guest, there's always a process to figure mm-hmm. out what film we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And... This was one of your choices, and I really liked it because it stands out as one that's going to feel like you and could uniquely associate with you because I don't know anybody. If I was like, pick a film, they're going to pick Secondhand Lions. Oh, so really? When you got there, I was like, that makes me sad. that's it. Not make you sad. <laughs> I don't know. Watch the next five people are going to be like, I wanted to talk Secondhand <laughs> Okay, okay. But I don't think, I, and I'm not saying it's a film that people don't like because mm-hmm. it's a rather, it was a well-reviewed, it's an enjoyable film. Yes. That, but I don't know if I don't know who's going to. It's gonna, not as well known it. as I would like it to be. Right. So, what is it to you that movie like? Since yeah, you obviously t- picked it as a favorite. Yes. Oh, I watched. I saw it even you know from junior high on. So I've I've loved it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And to me, what I love about the story is just once again the imagination of it. That mm-hmm. the kid Walter is stuck somewhere, and all he wants to know is tell me about the time you're in Africa. Where were you guys for forty years? And the just the exciting stories he hears and can I really trust what they're saying or is it all just a bunch of lies and just feeling for Walter and the main character and like what he's going through and having to figure it out. Another thing that I loved and I've really, I picked up on it on my view of it today. Mm-hmm. The score is yeah, so emotional and yeah. moving. And I had to look up the credits of that. That was done by Patrick Doyle mm-hmm. who did movies such as Thor, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire 
several other movies kind of in that genre. And I thought, ah, no wonder. Ah, no wonder, because I've I've loved his other ones. Yeah, he's got a good classical old school style. Yeah. It makes you excited and it brings tears to your eyes. And I think soundtracks and movies really add so much emotion when and it adds to what the actors are doing. And movies Mm. without soundtracks would be nowhere where they are now. So yeah, I think that's one Mm. reason that the story is so compelling to me. Yeah, definitely. And it's a it's a fun movie. I, I remember when it came out clearly, and I, it's it's one of the funny things I've thought about with this one is it's a it's a movie that's a the main story is a flashback, but within the flashback yeah. we have we have other flashbacks. Yes, it's so true. I think it's like Inception of, before Inception. You know? Right there, you go. Yeah, <laughs> flashback the flashback, but not as cool as the Hills Have Eyes two the old <laughs> the old Hills Have Eyes two where there was a flashback from a dog. Oh wow, movie. we're going hilarious. there. Okay. Hilarious. Here's a but, question: Was it in color or not? Like, yeah, it was in color because it, it was a clip. Wow. It was a clip from the previous movie. That's why they they had it. <laughs> gotcha. But it's it's a funny moment. But yeah, flashback and, and in the flashback, it's a bit of an adventure story that's kind of Arabian ish, and it kind of intentionally plays more to like a classical feel, which is very contrast to what's going on in the. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of themes going on. I mean, even Mm -hmm. the opening credits was done in kind of this beautiful Arabic. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you're in Texas in what looks like 1960s, late 1960s. A different kind of desert land. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But not to even mention the movie starts with this guy in this like comic studio and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. But they mesh them all together so beautifully. Oh, yeah, definitely. The title, Secondhand Lions... Now, exactly. maybe I'm dumb and I'm just like, oh, is it this? But, there, you know, there's a hand-me-down lion that they purchase because the uncles are rich and they yes. throw their money on stupid stuff. So that's kind of a second-hand lion, literally. But I'm I'm like, is it because of the stories they tell come second-hand? Oh, it, might be li- it might be it's lion. Oh, yeah. I never caught that. I didn't know because they always say they're not. They always make sure to let you know that the story might be embellished a little bit. There might not be true story, right. but there's the, the the message of the movie is the belief is what matters, mm-hmm. and more of the belief on who they are rather than the exact details of a story. So yeah. I was wondering if it's a play on the word lying, secondhand lions, because you know, the whole amazing. movie is. I never caught that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to headcanon accepted. Yes, that is. all right. Because the mother, <laughs> the the mother also thinks that there's a fable with these guys and their money and then thinks that they got it from bank robbing yeah. or tries to lie no, actually, and say that. You know, it's crazy. I turn on subtitles. Sorry to jump in. I turned on subtitles for the, mm-hmm. the first time. She actually believes something else. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, when she's bringing Walter, right. there was a line I heard. I thought, honey, and I said, honey, can you run it back and turn on subtitles? She said, I heard they were in an insane asylum for 40 years and got a lot off of some kind of lawsuit, which yeah. is totally like not even mentioned any other point in the movie. So there's even like more lies and intrigue going on. And that one woman in the hospital who was like, yo, are you with the McCain brothers? I heard, I heard she's, I heard they stole that money from Al Capone. So be careful. (laughs) Like, Oh my gosh. How many, how many, like, you know, incorrect (laughs) fake news do we have running around? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And it's the, that's why I was like, wait, is, is it a play on the word lying? Because it's, the movie was full of it. I like that. I think it is. Yeah, because they don't even say the word secondhand lions at all. The closest they get mm-hmm. is, you bought a lion? A used lion? 
Because, I mean, the lying might have come from an embellished story if they told one person, they believed it, and they tell another. It's secondhand, uh, right? Uh-huh. I like maybe that. I'm I just, really like that. Maybe my mind is you know just awful. Yeah, I remember watching like the behind the scenes when it first came out. We got it on DVD and we were like, oh, boy, behind the scenes stuff, you mm-hmm. know, but I, I don't remember them mentioning anything like that. Maybe they did, but I'm going to accept that. I like that. I like that. There explanation we go. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Claiming that um, that's my deep thesis on Second Lions. There you go. <laughs> So, I mean, this movie, I like Duvall and Michael Caine just mm. ham it. They are having a blast in this movie yes. together. And this is only the second time they've been in a movie together. Before this was 1976, it was The Eagle Has Landed, which was a like a war satire movie from back then. But uh, these two definitely enjoy being with, or at least they make us think they do, because there's a, there's a fun chemistry yeah. that you think just goes beyond that. And one of my favorite moments comes early when Haley Joel Osment gets dropped off and he's alone and it's at night and they give him that whole thing. We don't know about kids. Uh, we're about to die. You might want to, Oh, that I just, that there's like a you twinkle in that scene. Better yet. You learn to live without it. And I'm like, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> That's just cause they're messing with them. It's, it's pretty funny. And I mean, this is a, a common story you see where like kid gets dumped on relatives for a summer or mm-hmm. something. And then they learn to become one of them after being anti but yeah. a really well done version of that story. That's the thing. Like you can, you can I mean, tell the it same is. setup of stories, just do it very well. And this one does it very well, mm-hmm. I think. Um, My husband even noticed a new uh, or a little key feature I never even noticed. At the very beginning of the movie, Walter's wearing this particular shirt. We'll just call it plaid shirt. And you don't really see it throughout the rest of the movie until mm-hmm. uh, Walter discovers his uncle's hidden cash stash. Oh. And the next scene he's in, he's wearing the same shirt as if like everything is reset. Like, can I trust you or not? And I'm like, wow, good call, babe. He's like really good at picking up on those things. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice little touch. Yeah. The the cash stash, which we never like officially we hear so much, but I don't think that do they ever point out exactly where it came from? Yes. They pointed out that it came from the Sheik's Sheiks, reward money. That's right. uh, That's what. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Then. There's another, uh, the moment I like where the, uh, there's not, it's not an action movie, but there's a fight scene in the bar that's pretty good where Robert Duvall takes yes. on like four punk kids. And then I was reading that he actually punched one of them on many a takes because he thought he was the actual stuntman. So he kept punching oh, him for no. real. And the actor got pissed <laughs> and, he, and he thought he was a stuntman. So. Oh my gosh. That's great. That is one of my favorite fight scenes, I think, in a bar, <laughs> especially that that's that speech right before mm-hmm. he's like, who do you think you are, old man? And grabs him by the throat and says everything he's done and what he's seen and how he's loved one woman with a passion with a flea like you couldn't even begin to understand. I'm like, yeah, tell him. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like because when that scene happens of like, how is this going to turn out? Like, I, I'm like, right. You know, Michael Caine's got a pistol or whatever. I was like, all right. All right. But but how is this going <laughs> to? No, it was yeah. a shotgun. Yeah, it was shotgun. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. They have the salesman. They got the salesmen that keep coming by the little humorous bit. Them just that was a they good live action to their characters and who they are. You know mm-hmm. the vibes I kind of get from Secondhand Lions. It reminds me a lot of Gravity Falls. If you've ever seen the TV. Yeah. Oh no no no! I love Gravity Falls. Yeah, so, I yes. love Gravity Falls. It's too. very much that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Except we've got. Two kids, one uncle versus mm-hmm. two uncles, one kid. Yes. <laughs> Very true. And there's no parallel dimensions. There's just stories. 
So. Which could alter, which you could, could. conclude are alternate dimensions. <laughs> you could, could. I, there's what? a pig. There's a pig, oh, too. Oh, yeah, there's a pig. Yeah. <laughs> there is a, oh my gosh, yes. This was, this was the groundwork. I think so. We need to call Alex Hirsch and ask. <laughs> so you seen second, and shh, no one's brought that up. <laughs> Dang it, you're going to ruin my cover. Shut up. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's Yeah, it's very much like a grab, because there's all the weird stories. Yeah, that's Back very much. Summer, so, yep. You love Gravity Falls? Check out Secondhand Lions. Yes, I recommend Very. it highly. A yeah. wonderful hidden little gem. Oh yeah, and so, like the one weird thing was like the mom's part gets like really nasty. Like, like I'm like, how are we all cool after this? Are they, I know because like, she brings that guy who's like a, supposedly an investigator. And they try to mm-hmm. rob the okay. the money, and it's like we're all cool after this. Like I know she ends up taking him back, and he lives with them, but. They were all well, they, cool enough to let it go in the first place. It's yeah, like, they were like, you're, you know, you, he has no business. Stan, the the guy, the a jerk boyfriend, you have no business being mm-hmm. around that kid. And the mom's like, of course not. What kind of mother would I be? And, but of course that was a lie, which is sad. It, it was nice to see Walter stand up for himself in a way mm-hmm. and being like, no, I'm going to live with these two uncles who actually care about me and love me. Yeah. You do. Yeah. That movie like breaks my heart in a good way, in the best <laughs> ways possible. You know, the quarter of the movie, you're just like, poor kid, poor kid. <laughs> but he gets a really happy ending. He does. He does. And the uh, the ending they have where he meets up with the grandson of the Sheik. Yeah. That was apparently a reshoot. They yes. they didn't like people didn't like the original ending of the movie. And I've seen the deleted it. scene. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. How did it end originally? I didn't have a chance okay. to watch it. Originally, originally, it brought back pretty much every character that they encountered. So those four punk teenagers were now grown up and they had their own lives and talked about, oh, your uncle helped us through a difficult time in our lives. And mm-hmm. some other characters they talked to. And in the very end, the Sheik himself showed up. Oh. With his like entourage of harem ladies and how he came to pay his respects or something. So yeah. it was a lot more grand. And it was interesting. It was very interesting, but they did not need that much grandeur and that much pomp, shall we say. It felt more mm-hmm. over the top. I really liked the ending they went with where the grandson of yeah. shows up because that's all it took. To well, it's a grandson and a grandson. Well, not yeah, grandson, but yeah. yeah, kind of. That that ending you told me about, that kind of reminds me of, did you ever see the Tim Burton movie, Big Fish? I have not. Is it good? Oh, oh it's really good. I won't okay. spoil the ending, but it kind of, okay reminded me of that a little bit a little fun factoid about this movie is like originally it must have been in development for a little before it happened because it was planned as a robert redford and paul newman movie oh wow oh and they were such a famous duo together yeah it would have been their third movie together and that was what the idea was when they were okay i can totally see that now that you say it because i've watched sting and I need to watch butch cassidy and the sundance Sundance but i really like sting yeah oh that would have been crazy yeah I, I was like, oh, okay. And the movie as it stands, I was fascinated going back to it here as a like a time capsule yes. of this because there are a lot of people that were like on the rise to having a little bit of a fad phase. Nobody like no major nobody came out of this like major star, but they were about to break out into a period where they were gonna be in a lot of stuff where you got yes. Josh Lucas who yeah. at this time, he had Sweet Home Alabama, A Beautiful mm-hmm. Mind, and Hulk. And it, right after this, he was about to hit a series of where he's going to be like leading man or big name to add on a poster because mm-hmm. he had like the Poseidon Adventure. He had the Glory Road basketball movie and stuff. I remember and that then, one. Yep. And then like I 
he just it was like a five year period and he just didn't work out I guess as a leading man and I, I he was recently in the Ford v Ferrari movie yes um, but my father he, recommends that one it's really good I I would recommend and if you have a surround sound system ooh I think we're gonna watch it in New Year's because I'm going back to okay. Her- <laughs> but yeah, he he doesn't show up as often anymore, but he was like going to be that next big guy. I remember him watching him on like a, a talk show one time. I think it was, I forget what movie, he was doing some movie and he was like overconfident as hell. Like, ooh, this guy. And then like my one friend, I had a friend when I lived in Los Angeles, was uh, he worked on the Sony lot. And and mm-hmm. he was shooting. I think he was shooting. He was doing a commentary for like stealth, and he saw him like outside smoking oh, a cigarette. Oh, that's right. He was in stealth. Yeah, he was like he saw him smoking a cigarette. He just looked like he was just miserable. Like, oh, why did I do this movie? Which is a shame because I like that movie. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic soundtrack once again. <laughs> also, you get Kira Sedgwick, who is always she's been around forever. But this was right about the time she was going to be in the Closer that ran for like seven mm-hmm. years on TNT. We know drama. That Eric Balfour, who had the Texas Chainsaw remake, he was on Twenty Four and Six Feet Under at the time. He was a little bit of a thing. Christian Kane, who plays the young Robert Duvall in the movie, he was an he was angel. Good. Just Married, Dawson's Creek, Summer Catch, the Friday Night Lights movie, mm. and then the the King of the Crop was Emmanuel Vaguer, who plays Jasmine in the flashbacks. Okay. When I saw her picture, I'm like, oh, this is probably where it starts because she had this run where she was like a, I don't know if it's because I lived in Los Angeles at the time, but she was an it girl. Everybody was like talking about her when I yeah, moved she's out gorgeous. there. I mean, she, yeah, she was in this time from like 2002, 2006. She was to that Josh Hartnett movie, 40 Days and 40 Nights. Mm-hmm. She was on, she was on Charm, Smallville, One Tree Hill, Two and a Half Men. Monk, Veronica Mars. She was oh, in. Wow. She was in Saw Two, and she was on the old Masters of Horror show in the John Carpenter's second one called Pro Life. Like she was okay, just okay. everywhere for four years, and I don't know what she's done lately. I'm not dogging mm. her, but I'm like they do that oh, with yeah. actors. There's so many reasons. Actor, young actors and actresses, they will get like 80 TV guest spots and like <laughs> try to push them in movies. And she had a like Lionsgate. Like I noticed back in this OO's time with like sign people to multi-picture deals, which is like an old school thing. But she was in a lot of, I did uh, Blu-ray and DVD testing and Lionsgate was one of our clients. And like they would, she would appear in like a bunch of Lionsgate movies for a while. That makes sense. Um, So I would see her in. Yeah, companies. Yeah. So she was, they had her on some sort of contract for a bit. But yeah, those were, I just kind of time capsule me. because I'm like, wow, (laughs) these people are still around. But I'm like, this is when they were all like. Mm Mm-hmm pumping up and Kaylee Joe Osmond even he I mean he's, do, he's doing that, fine yeah and, and um what was the the alien oh artificial intelligence movie yeah AI yep yeah okay that one <laughs> yeah and then this was one of, I mean the movie was he was the first person cast and they sold it to mm. try to get more people in it on him he was excellent yeah he's had some great guests like he was on Silicon Valley he had a really funny oh, okay. guest on there, and what we do on the shadows, season two. Premiere. Oh, is he in that? Because I've been dying to see that. Oh, wait. Well, he was in. The, he's in the premiere of the second season, which excellent, he's hilarious in. But he's been he's been wow doing. It's gonna be weird to see him as an adult because I'm always gonna picture him as this little kid in the ice. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody. That's yeah. Everybody's got it in their mind. Also, this I read they did a musical version of this movie what? Uh, in 2013 in Seattle. What? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know what? I can see this working as a musical. Call me crazy. <laughs> you could do it. And you could, I think this takes place in like 62. So you could have a killer soundtrack. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Beatles the music are just starting from the radio, the radio and such. There's a word for that where the, the soundtrack is coming from inside the world, not outside the world. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, you could get some fantastic. You could do a jukebox. Yeah. Jukebox musical. That's what I'm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Definitely. But yeah, no, this is a good movie. This is a great movie for any age, family. Mm-hmm. Like if you got if you got kids, you're not going to hate watching it. That's true. It's a really good, fun coming of age story. This is one that I think they could show, like show in schools. Like, you know, if they mm-hmm. have a movie day, like it'd be a really That's cool fun. one to show. Like this would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a very little bit of language, but it depends on the family and what their preferences are. But it doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. Like, yeah. you know, any any strong language anyway. Right, right. Very true. Very true. What else is where we just talk about anything else we've taken in recently, any work we've posted recently or, or put out there. So any like movies, books, some whatever. So Molly, what else? Oh boy. I have been recently getting into, well, I've been into it for a couple of years, but only recently have been really excited. Dungeons and Dragons. If you want to discuss that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell me. And so I've been marrying that with my drawing. And mm-hmm. so it's been really fun when you play a, a game of it with your friends together and you're building characters and worlds to actually draw them and pull them into some kind of visual medium. Only recently, the leader of my group or the dungeon master, if you will, created a world map for us. So it's okay. all like it from her making. And so that was really fun to see how she's picturing our world and how we're building it together. And we're going to, we've actually been talking about playing again soon, some Sunday. And I'm really looking forward to it because. Our characters are starting to really get to know each other. We're starting to see more of the world, like we said. We've gained some friends along the way. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, is just something that has been playing in my mind. And I'm so excited, and I think about it. And it's basically a writer's dream when it comes to games. Because you're basically writing a book, but all the characters are your friends. So they make their own decisions. Right. (laughs) You have to keep a loose grip on this story. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Myself, I've recently... Probably, I hope it's posted by the time I, I'm a slow writer, if I, if not. But I'm do, doing a review of The Curse of Frankenstein. Uh-huh. Blu-ray from Warner Archive. They, it's the Hammer film. Yeah, which they actually, this is a test run for them because they put a little more effort into this one. Because Warner Archive, typically, they'll just put out, they'll upgrade the movie from DVD to Blu-ray. They're like, we did yeah. new transfer, that's it. This one... They did a really, they did like a big restoration on it and they added bonus features and stuff. So if you're into the Hammer Horror Curse of Frankenstein, uh, they said if this one sells well, they're going to keep putting this kind of effort into this stuff. So um, it was was supposed to be a Halloween release, but because of like COVID stuff, it got delayed till uh, I think it comes out December 15th. I get get them early. I get them early. So I'm really off with when they come out a lot of the times. So, but that one's really, uh, they, it shows. It's really, really good. And the movie's cool, too. I like all the hammer. So you're writing a review for that? Yeah, I got a review coming up for that. Excellent. So I've got, yeah, I've, I'm sitting on a pile and I'm like, I don't know if I have the time because I've got, I've got the Lord of the Rings movies on 4K, including the Hobbits, at extended versions. Woo! So, so like. More power to you. <laughs> more power to me, but like, it's a lot of time. Luckily, all those yeah. have zero bonus features. Oh, thank goodness. So. Yeah. Like I miss bonus features on modern DVDs and mm-hmm. such because back in the 2000s they were cramming them full. But at the same time, I can I can understand. There, there's a there's an updated there's another version of the set coming out in the summer. So I think they just wanted to put their first 4Ks out real quick here and make some holiday cash on I'm people sorry. wanting them for gifts. And also I want to I'm gonna toot my own horn a bit. <laughs> 
so for last week's episode, I made a really cool promo video for it. And if you haven't seen it, go no, watch I, it. I would I worked, like to. Yeah, uh, I worked really fucking hard on it. Yes, so I would love to see listener, it. I'm not preaching to you. It's the Stop, listeners. But, but yeah, I would you see it too. Go see it. I, I work really hard on the promos all the time, but this was like a grand effort that I put together. And it's, it's fun. It's really cool. Great. Last, speaking of last week, I wanted to... Say congrats to last week's guest, Chelsea Christer, and all involved with Bleeding Audio, her film. They're officially now a part of the lineup for the Slam Dance Film Festival, which is huge. And I'm happy to watch her continued success. Like, congrats, Chelsea. And keep going. So that will do it for today. Molly, I am so, so, so thrilled catch up with you and capture one of our conversations on a recording yes the last time we we had this kind of interview it was so fun and i immediately thought afterwards oh i wish i wish that had been recorded so i could remember it so yes i'm glad we were not my fault not my fault it was not your fault (laughs) it's not and for the people at home no one's fault uh there was no record there was a mic a pa and I was offered a subpar method of recording. So I didn't want to. So I just said, hey, you know what? People are walking by. Let's let's try this let's out. Let's just talk to them. <laughs> talk to them. Talk to each other. Yeah. We got to kill time and make the yeah. stage not look empty. It was a good time. I really had fun at that, that one. But this one has been even more fun. There we go. Yes. Tell people where they can find your work. Find yes. uh, Keep up with you on social media. All that. Yes. Take it away. Excellent. So my webcomic, Everpresent, is available at the website everpresentcomic.com. Everpresent is just E-V-E-R-P-R-E-S-E-N-T. Correct. Comic. Ooh, I was like, oh, no, I've never had to spell it out loud before. Here we go. Oh, I just I better write it. And there I have links to other places you can find me. So whether it's my Discord server or Twitter or the Facebook group, I'm pretty active in all those places there. But if you ever want to find me on Twitter, my handle is living for the lamb. So that's living with no G and then the number four and then the lamb living for the lamb. That's where you'll find me. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. My written work is at whysoblue.com. I return tomorrow with 4K Blues Day. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at thebrandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at thebrandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.
Let's